Good morning to everyone. How have you been? Well, I am um, quite okay in my isolation. Thanks be to God. And uh, I have the chance to do things that I w was not able to do when I was uh, not with this COVID. And I have this opportunity also to keep all of you in mind more uh, intensely, we can say. Those with COVID and those affected by it, including the medical personnel. Well, this goes without saying that um, I include all my listeners and my friends and relatives. And I do not forget those, the people you send copies or links to this homily to. We read from St. Mark again, chapter 5, that Jesus had crossed in the boat to the other side. A large crowd gathered around him, as usual, and he stayed by the lakeside. Then one of the synagogue officials came up, Jairus by name, and seeing him fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is desperately sick. Do come and lay your hands on her to make her better and save her life. And Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed him, and they were pressing all round him. This is very uh, useful for our contemplative life. This life of contemplating God. Since we were made to see God forever in heaven, we should be um, practicing it a lot here on earth. Otherwise, if we do not see God or strive to see God here in the midst of our activities, everything that happens to us, then we put at risk our um, accomplishment, our arrival at the beatific vision, the vision of God face to face. If we do not practice for it, we must be practicing for something else. Meaning, if we don't look for God here on earth, well, we might not be looking for God after this life. We might not be able to see Him after this life of not trying to find Him. I say this because we can put ourselves very much in the shoes of Jairus whose daughter was desperately sick. And we all have needs. We should not be surprised at our needs. We should not be shocked by our needs. And much less should we be disappointed that we need. We need salvation. We need help. We need the others to help us perfect our talents. We are, although we take pride in our self-reliance, the truth is to be self-reliant, we need the support of others. We may stand alone for some time, but not all the time and much less forever. We need God for sure. So let us join him in telling him that 
we desperately need something. Not just material things. Material things, they come and go. But we need something deeper in us, especially the grace of God. Now, it, while Jesus was in transit to the place of uh, where the daughter of Jairus was, there was a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years. After long and painful treatment under various doctors, she spent all she had without being any the better for it. In fact, she was getting worse. What a sad thing, right? This might even seem or sound very familiar to us. In any case, let's be thankful that we have doctors. Try their best. But it says sometimes God keeps us in the dark. Science, for all the brilliance it has, also is limited. So there are mysteries. Well, our, our, this lady heard about Jesus and she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his cloak. If I can touch even his clothes, she had told herself, I shall be well again. Just that. A simple faith like that is something we could emulate, contemplate, and not only contemplate as we look at something or someone external to us. No, this should happen in us. I should reason out like this. I should be like this, this lady with a hemorrhage. She was saying, if I can touch even his clothes, my golly, we can even eat our Lord. We can, we can approach him in the blessed sacrament. If I can touch even his clothes, I shall be well again. And the source of the bleeding dried up instantly, and she felt in herself that she was cured of her complaint. Immediately aware that power had gone out from him, Jesus turned round in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And this is very nice. The apostles were saying at this point, <coughs> It's obvious, Jesus, that everybody is trying to touch you. But, but it is something in particular he was concerned about. He had cured someone and he wanted to know it. Although he knew already. But for the crowd to know it, to learn of it, he asked, who touched me? But he continued to look all around to see who had done it. Then the woman came forward, frightened and trembling, because she knew what had happened to her. And she fell at his feet and told him the whole truth. My daughter, he said, your faith has restored you to health. Go in peace and be free from your complaint. Wonderful, right? The Lord can do this to us if we just have faith like this sick woman. While he was still speaking, some people arrived from the house of the synagogue official to say, your daughter is dead. Why put the master to any further trouble? But Jesus had overheard this remark of theirs, and he said to the official, Do not be afraid, only have faith. And he allowed no one to go with him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. So they came to the official's house, 
And Jesus noticed all the commotion with people weeping and wailing unrestrainedly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and crying? The child is not dead, but asleep. You see, how people look at things and how God looks at things. How Christians should look at things. We on earth, worldliness limits our vision. We are limited. We can say, like what this is, uh, this guy who reported the death of his daughter said, the child is dead. But uh, uh, rather, yeah, the child is. Oh, sorry, I'm confused. He went in and said to them, "Why all this commotion and crying? The child is not dead, but asleep. To the world, he she is dead, but to the Lord, she is just asleep. Because he can return life to her." This made them laugh at him. So he turned them all out and taking with him the child's father and daughter and mother and his own companions, he went into the place where the child lay. And taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talita kum, which means little girl, I tell you to get up. The little girl got up at once and began to walk about, for she was 12 years old. At this, they were overcome with astonishment, and he ordered them strictly not to let anyone know about it, and told them to give her something to eat. Well, there's nothing impossible for, to, the, uh, to the Lord. Everything is possible. Shouldn't we adapt his way at looking at things, at people? Shouldn't we take the long view? Shouldn't we look at Matters, events, people, as God looks at them. This is very good for our contemplative life too. Because if we don't try to look at people, things, and events as God sees them, and therefore what how God wants us to see them, well, we're like saying to God, I don't want to see you. I, I, don't, I don't agree with you. I don't want to find out how you look at things. And therefore... We won't fit. We won't be fit for the beatific vision. Let's practice looking for God, contemplating God here on earth by using our needs to go to Him, to run to Him, by imitating His way of behaving, His way of looking at things. And Jesus, people around us, will not wish to see Jesus 20 centuries ago. Because they will see Jesus in each one of us. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain forever. Amen. Ciao.